Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. God, God is doing marvelous things in our midst. He's doing amazing things in our midst. That is a very serious situation. Your your obedience can do more for you than your praying. (laughs) Your obedience can do more for you than your praying. (laughs) When Jesus got to the first miracle Jesus did, it's a function, it was a function of obedience. We don't have wine, we don't have wine, the wine is finished, the wine is finished, the wine is finished, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? Jesus said, fill the empty pot, jars or pot, with water. Would you stop praying and just act? Why is obedience so expensive for us? For, for, for your information, that is a very classic, vivid exp- uh, illustration of how these things, this thing we are doing here is real and it's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes my, I don't know if I can even use the word worry, is how people are so blinded. The fact that you can dissect a living creature or a mammal or even an insect and be able to study the various components of its life or its physical substance or body doesn't mean you can dissect God. So the problem is because we are able to fly a jet, we think we should be able to ride a bike. Or the other way is better. See, because we're able to fly a jet, because we have been able to manage to invent something very tiny which is practically imperceptible from a distance, but be able to capture a sound and magnify it in um, speakers. I can be speaking the way I'm speaking and thousands around the world or the biggest stadium. Everyone can be packed and everyone can hear me the way I'm speaking. Why? Because we have managed to get. So God gave us the sense, sensibility to get things done. To investigate how things work and to be able to get things done. And so we want to stretch it to him. 
We expect that we should also know how things work. We should be able to uh, uh, um, just dissect God or research God and know, oh, so this is how it is. But God can't know. See, the, the very moment, uh, the very moment we can comprehend God, he ceases to be God. Because the, the actual definition of God is the beyond one. The one that is beyond. Beyond what? Beyond anything you can think about. He's too much to be defined. Human beings, we are, we are comfortable with definitions. Who is that? That's my father. Oh, okay. Who is that? That's my mother. Who is that lady walking with you? That's, that's my beloved. I'm intending to marry her. Oh, I'm just checking her. Who is that? Oh, that's my, the one, the cousin I was talking to you about. Who, who invented um, iPhone? Yeah, that's the one. So, we, we, what, what, what's this? Is the book? What's that? Is the phone? What's this? Is that? So, we are full of definitions. But when we come to God, it's like, definition okay his definition the definition of God is Jesus no what's the meaning of that that's it so is God one or three he's one and three no mathematically it doesn't work I mean, how can somebody be one and three because God has left himself beyond your explanation so I've not started my message, but I just want to because so in the Bible says that in the beginning was the word. Can I have you, Pastor? Can I have you, Pastor? Can I have you, Pastor? Stand forward. Okay, I think, I, I think actually I need only two. Thank you, Pastor. So, in the beginning was the word. This is God, and He said was the word. So there, right there, tells you that the word is not God. Because if he, in the beginning, was the word, and the word was with God, that means the word was, you know, God and the word. They were together. I'm with him. I'm not him. He said, so, and the word was with God, but now the problem is the word was God. Uh, So is it God's brother? Because that, that's how we understand. Yeah. It must be a twin brother or uh, the chairs are two. Chairs. So these are chairs. So this was equally a chair as this one. And yet you are saying God is one. But here you are presenting two. So if you said the word was with God and the word, the word was God, that means that there's God and the word is also a, another God. Yeah. Kind of. That's human. Yeah. It's even said the word is another God. The, in the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. The word was with God, mm-hmm. and the word is that God he was with. <laughs> so you can't, there, there are no two. And yet, and yet it looks like they are different. And yet it's like, how can I understand it? No, you can't. He, he pleasantly left it the same. Don't you think it would have been easier if we say, God is one, like the Jehovah Witness will say, God is one. God is one. And you read the Bible, it's called the Shema. Okay, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, I think Deuteronomy chapter 6, I think verse 3, somewhere there, verse 4, somewhere. Say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. It's one, and it says three. Wouldn't it have been easier if we say, the Bible say, God, the Shema. Put it on the screen again. The Shema. Hear, O Israel, 
Israel. Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. Let's already, if you can see, read it out loud. Let's go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One more time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It would have been a problem if this wasn't in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Then that Islamic confusion, mm-hmm. where they are so confused, they think Christians worship three gods. They worship a God they can define in human terms. Yeah. It can be a God. It can be God. The Islamic God is different from the Judeo-Christian God. The God of the Jews is not the God. That is not called Allah. It's not Allah. Allah only can be called Allah. But he, whatever language you 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 speak. You can call him according to your language, but mean that same person. So the Lord our God, his name he gave to the Jews is Yahweh. I am that I am. But it's not because his name, because that's what he's called. It's, it's an attribute. Attribute means that um, when you look at this, it has the attribute is like the leather case and a, a glass kind of whatever. So, so the attributes, the characteristics, the constituent characteristics, and now God, his name is based on his attributes. So when we say Jehovah Shammah, God who heals, Jehovah Rapha, sorry, sorry I said Shammah, how can I say Shammah is healed? Rapha, God who heals, Jehovah Shammah, God who is present. Uh, Jehovah Saboath, God who fights, the God of the hosts, the armies. So it's like chief, uh, 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 commander-in-chief. Right? When we talk about Jehovah Nisi, God who is our banner. Jehovah uh, 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 Jireh, God who provides. Jehovah, Jehovah Sha'el Shaddai, the God who is always there, almighty God. So, because you cannot comprehend God, he has to reveal himself in different ways that you can, oh, so is this. Oh, so is this. Oh, it is this. He is this. So all of them combined together, tell you what God is, but really we cannot restrict God. The human mind is too small to encapsulate the totality of God. So theologians call it, he is, he is incomprehensible. You can't get your head around him. Because actually, as the top, top surgeons are still discovering sicknesses they don't understand. Our world, just, just this earth, there's so much that we haven't finished discovering, let alone to discover the one who created it. But, oh, why am I talking? See, God doesn't want to hide himself away from what he has created because he created us for himself. So when he created us, he now left his DNA. Science in creation, that point to him because there are things about creation which can, you can't answer in human terms. Like, what was it last week I said, earth, um, 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 evolution is not science. Mm. They have just forced it into science so that they can say there's no God. <laughs> but evolution is not scientific. It's a theory. They are propounding something that cannot be provable. Yeah. Were you there when it became a bang, the bang banged? <laughs> who was there? No, 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 who was there? Uh, uh, it was one big mass and one day back. Okay, what caused, because according to uh, the, uh, 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 Newton's yeah, yeah. law, 
it's like everything remains is state. The third, third law of motion. Every motion, law of motion. Everything remains in this state of rest until an external or it continues until an external force is applied to it. Action and reaction are equal and opposite. Hey. So, so, so what, what, what caused it to happen? Cycle. All right. The feminine cycle is not every day. Something is going on, and then this will trigger this, this will trigger this, this will. Everything that happens, something has to make it happen. That's science, isn't it? So, science goes behind the scene to look at what makes what happen. And you get to the end, and now you can't explain because we are, you haven't found out what makes the bang. Let's say it's bang. What caused the bang? To bang. Because there must be a force. Where did that force come from? And who saw it? Where did that force come from? How did it just happen like that? It's like you throw a bomb into a printing press and you get a dictionary. And a bang brought such order that it's strange to see any human being who is born and the eyes are here and the nose is here and the one ear is here, the other one is here. Everybody, there's order. The order, they see the everything, there's order. So, evolution is not scientific. It's a it's religion. It's a belief, religious belief. Someone have chosen that me, I've chosen that I don't believe in a God. So I believe that nothing came from somewhere. Or something came from nowhere. <laughs> something came from nowhere. It is so fundamentally flawed that it takes a certain level of imbecility. Stupidity with my language, excuse my language. Stupidity to say that is not so. Because if you're very intelligent, research further, and you realize that there is a, you, you will meet a big question you can answer. Yes. Yeah. And the only explanation to it, there is a superior being. Yes, and some of the people who tell you, I don't want to believe, they'll tell you, there's something, something came from somewhere. I don't want to call it God. Okay. Ah. I, I can't explain, but I don't want to call it God. Why don't you? Because you're afraid. As soon as you mention God, you are talking about judgment accountability. Yeah. So, you, you, you want to be free to do anything, anything that you want to do. Because it's not everything you do that the Lord will convict you. No. Some of you have cheated on your boyfriends and girlfriends before. And you have not been in prison. No, you, you are free. You remember you lied to somebody. You hurt somebody. You lied. You knew what you were doing. You lied against them. And it wasn't a criminal offense because it's just the two of you. You said, I'll do this for you. You knew that the problem was, you didn't tell the person, the person was caught on the gun. But you did it, you did it. Yeah. Well, you remember what your stepmother did? When your father died, he, she changed the will. Changed the will and all the estates wrote you out of it and you, you and your siblings lived in pain. And you knew if ghosts were there, your father would have showed up. But someone murdered somebody and put the gun in their hands and said, I can't imagine he's dead. I can't imagine he's dead. If we can't, we can't investigate and there are no CCTV and proving it, the person can be free. Yes. But as soon as you bring a God factor, yes. 
a God factor, then it goes beyond what men can arrest you for. Yes, 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 yes. So just to be free and do anything at all, we can't afford to say there is God. Yeah. So let us force ourselves and fight anybody who can tell, who claims there is God. Let's fight them. So you get into an argument or a discussion or a discourse with an atheist, they, when it comes to intellectual discourse, it's not about personalities. It's about reasoning. Like you go to the court. No, don't go and throw tantrum. Make your point, make my point. But you realize that when you begin to make some points they don't have answers to, they begin to flare up. It infuriates them. It's, not, it's, it's, it's like, like, is it Dawkins? What was his first name? Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins said, he wrote a book, God Deletion, and he went big 80s match in America. He told them, when someone tells you he's, a, he's religious, mock them, they are stupid. Laugh at them. Laugh at them, religious. Laugh at them, mock them. And particularly Christians, because you can't do that in Saudi Arabia. No, 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 no. You won't live to finish mocking. <laughs> but these same people tell us we are intolerant. The most tolerant people you can, you can find anywhere in the world are the people who live with Christian principles. Other than that, we wouldn't be allowing everybody from any nation at all to come and be free to practice whatever you want. This nation, America, the West, is built on Christian principles. Yeah. That is why someone once, I heard someone talking about this. Permit me to go off this thing. Because I heard someone talking about this, uh, talking to an atheist who said, I don't believe in all this nonsense about Christianity. And it's just uh, ideological. <laughs> and the atheist was asked a question. Mm. That, let's say you are driving through town in the middle, somewhere, in the, and your car breaks down in the middle of the night where there's no light, and you're alone, and you go and open your bonnet to check what it is, and then you hear footsteps coming from behind you, four tall guys coming. Would it make a difference if you find out they are Christians? Coming from Bible studies. You will be shaking till you find out, oh, they are from Bible studies. Psychology, you know that these people are good. Because embedded in Christian principles is that, that goodness, goodness. Yeah. We, it can be Christian to be like that. There's no Christian who is genuine Christian who go and say, I want to kill people because they don't, they don't like my God. Rather, a Christian will say, you mock me, kill me. You slap me, I can turn the other one for you. That's why they take us for granted. This foolish gentleman who said, I don't need anything for God, from God, he was doing something, something first. He said, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to explain God, if you want God to be explained to you, I think you are bordering into things that you can't take. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. That's one. Uh, so, are you trying to say we should just be there? No! God has left enough evidence for seekers, not researchers. <laughs> enough evidence of himself. What we are experiencing in this church, most of the testimony, you can't choose to think that, oh, this is just a coincidence. Coincidence, and your pastor appears to you in a dream? Organize that one yourself. 
Organize to appear to somebody in a dream. Wouldn't you have appeared to your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend? Wouldn't you have? Even now, you go there back and tell them, "You see, I see you, baby." <laughs> it cannot be coincidence. Oh, it's because he's just worried. He was so worried, so he took it into the situation that happened. It's too graphic and two points to say that oh, it's just coincidence. Yeah. He was playing a song I sang in church. Yeah. I sang it so much, the thing has entered his spirit. Yeah. He put it on repeat and the thing goes to a place where he can only, the part he can actually remember and sing it. Yeah. My hallelujah. Below. First it starts with. We were singing in the dream. Yeah, yeah that same song in the dream. Yeah. 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 This, 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 this. You have a dream. And you saw Pastor, I was singing, my hallelujah. And I called him, I said, hey, pray, anoint, anoint your car, okay? Anoint your car. And I continued singing. He woke up. It was so, he said his dream was so vivid. So, so vivid. Huh? Uh, capital C. It was, how many of you have had some dreams where you, can, you cannot deny this is not just a dream? There are times you can have a dream you know, mm, there's, there's no way I can ignore this dream. Because it's too vivid, it's too clear and real. It's, it's, it can be coincidental. And he has the dream and now, look at the manifestation. And then he was driving to work and playing that song that has been on his heart, which I was singing in a dream. Playing the song over and over, put it on repeat until the song has some uh, uh, first part before the chorus. And uh, it starts with, uh, 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 I look, I look, Lord, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision or something like that. So that part, you know, sometimes as we all do, normally we don't know the part, but the chorus, I hallelujah. So when the guy was about to sing, hallelujah, the thing stops. And so traffic, he breaks the rule and looks at his phone and tries to sort. <laughs> Not knowing. Just at the time he was checking what is wrong with the phone, it is green he was supposed to go. But there was another car coming which would not respect the right red light. So what was supposed to be his, his demise? What was supposed to be his problem? Because the, of the dream he had and because of the encounter, it, it, and the one behind him was impatient. I will go. Drove around. Excuse me. How can you think this is coincidence? Wait till you wake up on the other side and you realize that you should have said that wasn't a coincidence. Don't wait till you're amputated before you say, I should have listened to what my man of God said. Paul said, you should have listened to me and not to have sailed from Crete. Acts chapter 27. From the 20 downwards. He said, You should have listened to me. He said, Men and brethren, I perceive that this voyage is, is going to be commodious. I perceive. <laughs> he said, I perceive that this, this journey is going to be troublesome. No, not from there. It's from the beginning. From the uh, earlier on. 
I perceive, but because of the because the captain believed in the owner of the ship, and Bible said, what was funny is they all knew it was the the the, uh, the weather was clear. The more sided because we wanted to winter in Crete uh, because it's not it wasn't a convenient place to winter. So he said, let's move because the weather is good. But Paul said, I perceive it wasn't scientific perception. It wasn't scientific perception. Last week, she said in her testimony that she was feeling weak and pains in her body and worry. She came to church when I finished preaching. She was the only one I could say, come. And I laid my hands on her. And in fact, what the things, the negative things she was saying, I'm tired. I'm, I'm so young, but I feel like I'm twice my age. I, when she came to church, those were the words I was using to preach that you can't, have, you can't be saying that. She was thinking, whoa, this is now getting serious now. Then afterwards, afterwards, I called her alone and I prayed for her. After I prayed for her, excuse me, it can be, it takes stubbornness and willful blindness. You know, sometimes you can see facts by, like when, I've been a pastor a while, when a mother is told that your son has done this, or your daughter was seen doing that, said, no way, my son can't do this. Sometimes, even when the person is in prison, he said, no, my son cannot do this. <laughs> because, or when you know someone who is close, very close, you just saw them, you had a church yesterday, and the next day you hear that they are dead. You, you, no, 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 he's not dead. He's not dead. They said, that's the, said, no, no, I won't take it. You go, it's just that. You are worried, but you're sure, you won't take it. That is how willful blindness, it is too much for you to accept. God is working here. Amen. Amen. I see God helping somebody. Amen. That's how it gets done. By releasing your faith and saying amen. Amen. I said I see God helping somebody. Amen. Sorry for keeping you standing for so long. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. God, thank you. God, please clap for them. God chooses. God chooses. God chooses to make himself the way he is. Yes, 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 yes. So you can operate with him based on trust. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> trust. Mm. Bible says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. And it's a buckler to those who trust him. God helps those who trust him. So if the devil wants to keep you subjugated, he has to attack your ability to trust God. By sending you unnecessary information, that will make you question the need to trust God. Tell someone, trust God. God. Tap the person and tell the person, trust God. What made me start by saying all the things I said is because there is a word which I'll be preaching possibly next week. I'll continue from where I left it. I want to just, I just want to preach on the Lamb. The Lamb, L-A-M-B, the Lamb of God, the worthy Lamb, the standing Lamb. (laughs) The thing is too much in me that I was just meditating on it the whole morning more than what I was supposed to be preaching from last continuation from last week, but 
I just, I, I believe God just wants me to just tie it up. Yeah. Many of us here are too afraid. And sometimes you try and put up a bold face. You are just coasting along. You are moving along as life goes on. You just keep going. Hoping that the worst will not happen. God can, cannot guarantee hopes. He can't guarantee your hopes will come through until you begin to trust him. The lady's testimony, Gillian, she said, rise your feet, please. What did you say I, I told you? Don't focus on the storm, hold on to God's word. Don't focus on the storm, hold on to God's word. Amen. And did it make a difference for you? Huge difference. What difference? Huge difference. Huge difference. And it's made the biggest difference for my family. All I said is, hold on to the word of God, don't focus on the storm. And it's interesting she's hearing a testimony this morning because that's all the message on my heart for somebody. That's, can you please, if you are in church, then make it worthwhile. Yes. Make your time here worthwhile. It's not the music. The music we sing here must have an impact on your life back home. If we are singing that talo, dabire, what's the meaning again? There's now like you or something like that. You, 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 Alagbara is God, he can do it. Then, you face Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, some of you have issues in the pending week. Mm. You know you are supposed to face, you can't escape it. You have to face. And some of us have just given up, believing that, well, let's see what case. Don't be walking with God, be saying case, mm. Mm. You must say, let God's word happen. The reason why we don't see the hand of God in our lives is the issue of faith. This year, last Thursday, last Friday, I was at K Group. I went to K Group with them. And they put me on the spot, which they normally like doing, which I don't actually like. <laughs> because at least when I go to, go to, go to K Group, the opportunity for me not to do anything to also just enjoy the uh, atmosphere. And the one lady said, Oh, since God's servant is here, can we let him? Uh, we have to hear from him. <laughs> and guess what? Guess what? I didn't have anything to say. Wow. I don't know if you know what I, I can imagine. Uh, if I call you to come and bring us greeting, can I call someone to give a, come and bring us greeting? What are you going to say? <laughs> or come and continue what I'm, what are you going to say? So, you are not prepared. I wasn't, I just didn't, I didn't have anything to say. And so, so when we finished praying, then, uh, God servant to say something to us. And, well, then I have to find something to say. <laughs> so, you must learn how to do that always. I just entered my spirit. He said, he said, turn unto Christ. Turn. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. He says that turning, it's if we turn to him, he says that nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, say turn to the Lord. He said in Revelations, he said, and I turn to see who is speaking to me. Turn, turn, you have to turn. He said, if, if we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Something is covering you, but it's because of your, your 
your, the direction of your focus. If you can change your focus, turn to the Lord. He says that the veil is taken with tenor. And he said, the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Then the verse 18. Verse 18, it says that, but we all with unveiled faces. How can your face be unveiled? When you turn, say, when we turn, the veil is taken. Verse 16. Is it not in verse 16? So when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So now when the veil is taken away, he said, let me chip it in. God, the Lord, Jesus Christ, is the Spirit, okay? Then the verse 18 says that, but we all, with unveiled faces, in other words, we all haven't turned to the Lord. Your veil can't be taken if you don't turn to the Lord. We are having a veil, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God. You won't see things the way you should see if you don't turn to God. And Satan, sometimes your, your worry alone will paralyze you. Many people get well after seeing a doctor without any medication. <laughs> and the doctor tells you, oh, there's no problem about it. Because you thought you were having a cancer. Or you thought you were you're going to, and then you go and the doctor says, oh, it's just, just because you didn't sleep well, but in three days you'll be fine. You start getting healed. Because the doctor managed to get you to turn away from your fear. Mm. Right. Most women who are in a relationship who are afraid they will lose their man tend not to be able to keep the relationship. Mm. Wow. Mm. Bible says in this, Bible puts it this way. First um, John chapter 4, I think verse 17, if not verse 16, by 17, I think so. It says, fear has torment. It does. Because uh, it's verse 18, right? Okay. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts away fear because fear involves, give me King James, I prefer the King James. Fear has torment. Fear will torment you. You use somebody's passport to open an account, and you hear that they say, wait, I'm coming, and they go for five and they are not back. Can you imagine you are driving an uninsured car? And you see the police car. You park immediately. Without the police didn't miss you, you park. A lot of people have been caught because they were afraid. <laughs> because the person wouldn't have even thought about your phone, but when they enter the room, the way you, you hit the phone. Oh, okay. Who are you on the phone with? <laughs> fear has torment. So, and Satan uses fear. And Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. But he's given us the spirit of, uh, but God has not given us the, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. Sound mind. So, until you turn to Christ, if you don't turn, you won't see things the way or from God's perspective. You are not doing well in your Christian work because you are not approaching Christianity from God's perspective. You have this Quranic approach. <laughs> God's turn. Turn. Brothers and sisters, you have to turn to know that Jesus is a lamb with seven horns. 
Now that's getting confusing now. So it's not the one people think they know about. No, 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 no. They don't know that he's a lamb with seven horns. Or they get worried about, why do you say he's the son of God? Why do you say, okay, he's the lamb? What kind of lamb? He's the lamb and the lion. So what, are you, what do you mean? Is he lamb or lion? He's both. And he has a wife. Uh, yes, and he has a wife. <laughs> Doesn't it get very interesting? And the thing they know about Christianity is because of the messages, the way we are focused, the kind of message we focused on. Because if we are going to go really Christ-centered, Christ, Christ, that word Christ, it's a combination of different, different things. Different meaning is this, is this, is this, is this, is this. If we fall on the Christ alone, it's an amazing thing. He's the cornerstone. He's the lamb. He's the son of God. He's our high priest. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He's the executor of the testament, new testament. I mean, I think I'll, this, this month, or what I'll preach on the heavenly Jesus. What he is. Several things he is. Several things. As he sits in heaven, he's not the one on the, he's not on the cross again. Now what is, is, is he? All right. So, you have to turn. Turn and look at God. So if you don't take care, Satan will keep showing you what is supposed to be injecting fear. One of the ways lions catch their prey is when they roar. When the lion roars, the sound of it can paralyze you. So you'll be confused. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to go. You're confused. And you'll be standing there until he comes to get you. <laughs> and do you know how the Bible describes the devil? It says Satan in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, or 7 and 8, 7 says cast your care upon so verse 8. It says he's casting your care upon verse 8. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. He's not a lion, but he's, he roars, he oppresses like a roaring lion. Right. What does a roaring lion do? He's roaring to put fear into people. Yeah. Because if you are going to catch a prey, why do you have to make noise about it? Just go. But why, why would you roar and everyone is afraid? People who are hiding will come out of their hiding places, thinking that you are with them. And then you can get there. So Satan will roar for you to shake out of your comfort zone. Mm. And he says that you have to be vigilant and be sober. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom his roar will make you come into his territory. So that means that you actually, from the start, when you are in Christ and when you are in church, you are operating from a place of safety. It's your fear that is going to make you unsafe. But fear is natural. I'm not talking about the natural fear. Let me put it the other way. It's your inability to trust God. So in the storm, Jesus said, why are you so fearful? In other words, you shouldn't be afraid. In the middle of a storm, Jesus, human beings who fear, it's natural to panic in the middle of a storm. But why are you telling me why am I, why am I so fearful? Because I am with you. I, you can't sink when I am with you. That's, that's, that's my message here now. You can't sink. So I went into the care group and they said, say something. So I had to turn to the Lord. <laughs> you think I forgot? <laughs> I had to turn to the Lord. And when I turned to the Lord, in the prayer, I said, God. And God gave me a word that I have never taught before. About how 
you can make it this year. In God. All you need is what Ephesians that the way you are saved. The way you are saved is the way you stay safe. What it took to get you saved is what it will take to get you stay safe. Ephesians 2.8. He said, by, let's all read it out loud from the screen. I like, Ephesians 2.8. Are you ready to read it out? Okay, let's go. Let's read it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the of How are you saved? By grace. Through what means? Through faith. How are you saved? Means so God brings grace, you bring faith, and you are saved. What's grace? Grace is when God is doing it. But you can't enjoy what God is doing until you bring trust, you bring faith on board. So in Romans chapter 4, verse I think verse 16, it says, It's of faith that it might be according to grace. Yes, yes. <laughs> Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. So if you want your marriage to enjoy grace, grace is God at work, then you must ha- learn how to apply faith. Trust God for you to see him at work. God won't work if you can't trust him. Our lack or our inability to trust God, let me use this in a, in a, that's the human terms, renders God, I won't use the word paralyzed, but in, unable to act on your behalf. One great man of God puts it this way, faith or believing God is, is what authorizes him to act on your behalf. Believing God is what author. So if you don't believe God, you haven't authorized him to act on your behalf. You'll be saying, so if there is God, why am I going to <laughs> Believe God to authorize him to act on your behalf. That makes sense. Why the world will do anything. Satan is the one behind it. Will use anybody, any system to bully you away from trusting God. Thinking that you are too smart to trust God. Ah! But the little problem you are going through tells you that, and you can't deal with it, tells you that you are not that smart. Mm. Wow. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. If I am that smart, I shouldn't be going through this. Because not everyone is going through this. Why am I going through this and I just don't even know how to handle it? And I have to go and consult other people to help me. I have to go and see specialists. I have to go and see this person. I have to apply this. I have to go this. Some people, someone needs to help me in my problem. That means that I'm not all that smart. If your car breaks down and you can't fix it, you need someone. That means that you are not really good with cars. Your father has been a builder or a plumber for 30 years. And your kitchen sink is leaking. He lives in the house with you. He said, oh, can we fix it? No, someone is one of your friends or somebody. He said, can we fix it? He doesn't know. He tried. Sometimes, when I, this is how I, I deal with people. Sometimes I said, can we fix it? When they touch, what they touch tells me, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> you know, sometimes a, a builder, a workman comes to your house. You say, how can we fix this? And then he tells you, you just have to break these walls, do this, this, and you know that uh, this guy. But he has not even thought of if this thing is structural. 
This one is structural. How can you break a structural? There you advise yourself. Say, okay, okay, ah, okay. Can you bring me a coat? You know that this guy is out. <laughs> you, can, you can't trust him. Now, in the same way, if someone tells you, I'm a mechanic, I'm a plumber, and can't fix a simple block, block it in the sink, that tells you that actually the person needs help. He's not the plumber he, talks, he, he thought he is. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes, because sometimes, sometimes people convince themselves they are that good. In the same way, if you can't trust God because you are that smart, then you shouldn't have been through this. In this, and you are now looking for who to consult. You are waiting for waiting for referral. You are waiting for to referral for to go and see somebody to tell you what you have to do. <laughs> tell somebody trust God. Remember, so I told, I told them that it takes grace and faith to be saved, and it takes grace and faith to thrive. So, what is grace? How do you tap into grace? Grace, <laughs> when you go to a pay station or you go to um, a shopping center mm. with a big car park or airports, you know, when you finish parking or when you are going back to your car, yeah. the places where you don't pay at the till, yeah. there are machines. Yeah. If it's three-story, three-story car park, do you think they'll put the machine on the third floor, one machine? No. And a car park that can house, let's say, 1,000 cars. Mm. Every, every Friday, oh, just, they are all. So when you park somewhere, they actually they make sure you are paid. So the next thing is, you, and then show, you see a sign showing that, you pay here, then you pay here. Pay stations. So there are places to make it convenient. For the same way, in UK, you can go any, anywhere if you want to, if, even though you don't drive. You don't have to drive to be able to go anywhere. Planes, trains, uh, buses, cabs. <laughs> horses. Yeah, horses. <laughs> so what am I trying to say? God has also not left himself without a witness. He has surrounded us just like cash points. What, one of the things I don't like is to go to, especially certain type of small Chinese shops or African shops, and you go and buy, and you want to use a card. They tell, oh, sorry, we don't take a card. And they say, oh, so they, then the point is that there's a cash machine. There. I just don't like that thing at all. Because if I wanted to pay by cash, I would have... Now, I'm, what I'm buying is £12.50. Would the cash... Normally, you ask, does the cash, cash machine give £12.50? <laughs> <laughs> and most of those kind of card machines that are near to shops that don't have... Cash, they charge £1.50. £1.85. Especially corner shops. So they tell you about that. But there are cash points all around so that your money can be readily accessible. There are, likewise, there are grace points all around. So, yeah, because you need grace to avoid disgrace. You need grace. <laughs> You need, you need grace to thrive in life. Paul said, I am what I am, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. Yeah. 
So actually, if God must be behind it, it it will be a function of grace. So why would God say that all you need to survive is grace, and yet he has hidden grace? Mm. So how do I assess grace? He has put grace vessels all around. Grace is in vessels. Makata shataya. Grace is in vessels. Yes, sir. How do you know what I believe the lady would have been in trouble if she had not taken what I said to be serious? As that doesn't if she had not gone by what I said. That's right. She said, Pastor said, take your eyes off the storm. Trust God. So she decided to do that because she believed mm. that one, my pastor has spoken, it will be well with me. Amen. That young lady's testimony about finances, amazing. She emptied her purse because we are doing a sacrifice. That must tell you, that wouldn't be a lot of money anyway. Those people, how much money can you carry in a purse? And after you empty it, you don't have anything again. That tells you it won't be too much. Yes. <laughs> don't you understand what I'm saying? It's just commotion. Because those of you who have a lot in your purse, that means you have a lot somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> 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 On your card, actually. <laughs> but just, 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 just. But do you know why I said it? Because some people think that, oh, so people come and empty their pockets yeah. in church. Hey, these churches are making money. <laughs> That's why they are meeting this boy's hotel. They are making money from people. <laughs> so sometimes, just draw it to its logical conclusion. And it, it will help you to know that it usually may not be anything exceptional. If we ask that lady, she will tell you it won't be anything above 500 pounds. Because we don't carry 500 pounds in our bag when we don't have anything again anywhere. And then you empty it all. Is it true? Where's, where's, where's my precious lady? She's somewhere. Is it true? It's true. All right, but she just did it. She had things to sort out, but she just did it trusting God and just kept going trusting God. The way that money came is very interesting. They said we want to just apologize for the way we do things when and we just want to. Hey. Someone came to me yesterday and said, I was just doing, I, I'm a business person, I'm just filling, filing some tax and stuff, or whatever, to send to the tax. And then they just got back to me. I'm, normally, um, self-employed people, your the taxes can be a lot, in thousands. He said, you know, I have friends that actually pay 10,000, sometimes 5,000 to 10,000. He was going to send the money, call HMRC. They said, oh, actually, they, no, HMRC sent a letter that last year you overpaid, so you don't have to pay anything this year. Don't you want some more? That kind of. Before I say receive it, get your own job first. Um, start your own company. Uh, be self-employed. And then I can say receive it. But those of you who are self-employed, may you receive that kind of blessing. And those of you who are not even self-employed and are employed, may you also receive some testimony. May something come back to you. Those who have decided not to work, Turn to the Lord. <laughs> Receive grace to work. So, 
Watch this. Grace. God has surrounded us with grace vessels. If you don't have grace, don't blame God. Wow. You tap into grace. That thing we discussed, it was a blessing. A message I preached and he was going through with me. It was such a blessing. God has packaged grace in vessels, human vessels. Bible says that when they listened to Jesus, they bore witness that, uh, they bore witness, what are these gracious words? These words carry grace coming from somebody. But they, they choked themselves because they got their minds engaged in a negative way. They said, but it's Jesus. Hey, we know him. Look, I'm talking about Luke chapter, Luke chapter 4 from verse 21. That one. They missed it because they switched out. But it's Jesus. Uh, is it not Kabintesa? We know him too much for him to be carrying grace for us. So it takes a certain level of, watch this, do you know the Bible says in James chapter 5, yeah, I think verse 6, verse 5 and 6, James 5, 5 and 6, James 4, 5 and 6, somewhere there, that God gives grace to the humble. Yes. Yes. Is, it, is it James 4, 5 and 6? Yeah, resist the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yeah. It takes a certain level of humility to catch, <laughs> it takes a certain level of humility to catch grace. Yes. Yeah. One of the things I, I, I really don't stress on, which of course is not necessary, and sometimes I even cringe. There are times when we have, when we used to do, uh, when we were having CTG, people come to the service because it's such a small service, and I, you can tell they are new people. And then when I'm, there are times I just don't even want to bless people. Because when everybody kneels there, it makes people who are visiting feel, oh, what's going on here? So some, some they, don't, they will sit down, they too, they sit down. And some, I see it, some, some kneel down, some just sit down. And there are members who don't want to kneel down. But what, I said, let's turn and receive the. Why are you sitting? Why are you trying to impress? What are you hiding from? Just stand. Don't sit. If everyone is kneeling down, it's not an obligation. You don't have to kneel down. So sometimes, that's why you see, you remember there are times I didn't just say, God bless you. I said, let's share the grace and go. Because sometimes this, I cringe. But spiritually, it also has a certain dimension at some times. You have to do it first. In your, you can be kneeling down and you're, you're standing in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be standing and yet your heart is very humble. Kneeling down your heart. But there are times you can be kneeling down because your heart is kneeling down. And it comes extemporaneously, spontaneous, without being, you just know because when I met, anytime I meet my seniors, my fathers, my uh, mentors in ministry and stuff. See, when I used to live with Agbish, I used to live with him. But when I'm going somewhere or he's traveling, we say, I always kneel down. When he said, God bless you, I kneel down. It's not that he says kneel down. He would, he's, he's doing the blessing already. He's declaring the blessing. So he didn't ask me to kneel to declare. I just spontaneously, because I, kneeling down is a posture of humility to receive grace. Because the Bible says that without, without, beyond controversy, the lesser is blessed by the greater. So means that I submit myself under this utterance. But it doesn't have to always be kneeling down. But God gives grace. It takes humility. Some people can't kneel down because that's not my thing. Why should I kneel down? I'm an army officer. Why should I kneel down? See, that's where the problem is. It's not the act, but the, the problem is the heart. So even if under extreme conditions you kneel down, your heart is still standing very tall. But God gives grace to the humble. Say grace. grace. Uh, is someone learning something? Grace comes to, uh, 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 comes to people who are humble. 
That is why the more independent you are, the far grace stays away from you. God works better with our dependence. When you learn how to depend on God, he will show up colorfully. That's why some of us, God will push you, or God will allow situations to push you to the corner when you are so desperate and you'll be able, you, are, you are forced to say, God, please help me. Because you won't go to church the way you should. The problem made you do. But it's good for you. I was speaking to one of our lovely sisters recently, and she told me that something terrible happened to me, and it, it's made me come back to church. Wow. Someone did something very evil to me. He said, I was so, it, it was bad. What the person went through was bad. But I was shocked. This person said something that, wow, it's, it's, it made me feel, you got it, sister. She said, but I, looking at my life, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thankful he, he, that person did that to me. Right. I'm happy because what the person did to me has made me discover what I was supposed to have discovered at all. You know? right. And it's, it's, this is the best place I'm supposed to be wow. in my relation with God. Wow. Wow. You know, so sometimes the Bible says that the, the one God loves, he chastises. Yes. Yes. Hebrews chapter 12, from verse 6 down to 4 downwards. So God will allow, some, he will not bring it, but he will allow the cold weather to seep through your room. Those days when we were children, or we were young, yeah, children, and you know children sometimes you are supposed to wake up to go to school, you don't want to wake up because you are tossing. My father had a way of waking us up. He would wake us up, he would go. He would come and wake up, we are still sleeping. He would just come back with cold water and sprinkling it on us. We jump and run out of the room. <laughs> so sometimes situations will make you jump out of that, that dangerous situation you found yourself in. Some, some, I know people, I've met people who are in a situation, they are in a relationship, they know it's very toxic for them, their future, and they can't leave. They want something to just happen so they can be free. Yeah, it's true. It happens because sometimes you are so stuck in the thing. You really want, and something happens, you are happy. Finally, at least I can set myself free from this guy. So, don't let, watch this, don't let humbling situations force you to look for grace. Wait till you are humbled to look for grace. Humble yourself. So this why. Why do you wait till you you are you lose a leg or you lose a vital part of your body or something important in your life before you realize that oh I should have been in God now I want to be at least I I didn't lose my entire life only a leg. <laughs> no, why don't you use both legs to walk with God? Am I making a point? It's very important for somebody. So grace comes to people who are humble. Mm. And your humility, especially in church, will be tested in different ways. Church is a place of grace. Let's all say that. Church is a place of grace. When you come to church, you shouldn't live the same. You should leave church with some doses of grace. Amen. Because something, and I explain grace to be something that will manifest in a way that naturally you couldn't have gotten it done. <clears throat> this year, some of the places you have to go, God, God plans to take you. It will only be a function of grace. Amen. And it's going to happen. Amen. 
So the devil's job is to make sure that you'll be denied grace. Meanwhile, God will put grace points, cash points, grace points. All right? Grace points all around you, pay centers, grace centers. Like there are, where you live, there's not only one train station. At least you can, you, sometimes you're, you're, okay, should I use this one? You know what I'm saying? So usually there are train stations around you. There are bus stops around you. Because that is how to make your life run. God also, in his wisdom, has made sure that you can any time and every time have access to grace. Mm. 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 What you need is not someone to like you. Mm. What you need is grace. Your life is void of grace. There is no way you can escape escape constant disgrace. Mm. Wow. This grace, this appoint. So you are appointed, and the appointment was taken. Grace and the grace is taken. This grace. There is no way you will be put to shame when you are walking under grace. That's what has happened to Caris. When we move from that property. People thought, aha, uh-huh, aha, uh-huh, aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. But because of grace, we actually, we've gone more than doubled. Yes. Yes. And this year, we will double as well. Yes. Right. And I told you that I'm busy tapping into grace. You must be a very good grace tapper. Amen. Tap into grace. When they ask you, what are you doing? I'm tapping into grace. And you don't have to explain yourself to people who don't believe. Yeah. Because, watch this, watch this, I'm about to drop there. So grace comes from God, but it takes faith to tap into grace. You have to believe. People said, and pastor declared a miracle job. She said, "Um, I've been trying, but pastor has been declaring, I've been connecting myself, believing, believing. Now, it it takes faith to know that this declaration is going to land you into a field of grace. But if you don't put your faith there, then it's going to affect you. God told me, your health issue can be taken care of if you can trust God. Because some of us are doing everything right. Yeah, they said go to the gym twice a week. You are doing it four times. They said drink a lot of water at least. A, 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 a liter a day. Huh? Now you are drinking two and a half, sometimes three. And yet nothing is getting better. So I'm not abdicating human responsibility. You are doing what humanly you have to do. Your children are failing in school. Is it possible that you are not spending time with their work, homework, helping them with their homework? So start there as well. Don't say, oh my God, this child is fa-. No, no, please. Please. Before you pray, Obey. <laughs> my, my husband is not treating me nice. But there's no one week you didn't rain barrage of insult on him. Every time your husband is coming home, what he's singing is, rain, rain, go away. Come again another day. Little Tommy wants to play. Now he comes over. <laughs> Insult, insult, go away. Come, today I don't want my wife to complain. Oh my God, my God. And you are worried he doesn't come home early. Because you are ready. Yeah, when he's coming, he's like. 
Hey, hey, and Nigerians, we say, Hey, mm. you come and meet me here. <laughs> he will come and I'm waiting. Even if 2 a.m., I'll wait. Then you, you, you hear the sound of the car. Then, then you, you sit up. As soon as he enters, Hey, there you are, and you call yourself a good father. Look at your children, they don't see you. What time is this? Yes, I know you are coming to tell me another story. Yeah, there you go. Say it, say it, say it. Look at the time. You are not saying anything. <laughs> and I said, You are not saying anything to that's silent communication. You know, your wife comes into the room or somebody, your husband comes and you don't say anything. You let him know you are not asleep and you look at the time. And then you continue doing your own thing. You have said everything. I know some people who are trying to, some relatives who said, oh, you don't get, you don't call, you don't call, you don't call. And I was telling, if I, you see some of the people, when you call them, they are just going to stress you with an attack. Because they don't understand your living condition. They think you are as, as, you are, your life is as easy as theirs. Because they don't, the, the nature of their job, they don't deal with patients who are sick. They don't deal with patients. The nature of their job, they just sit behind a computer and then click, 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 and they are, it's so convenient, they can be having a chat. And, but you, pressure, you can't, you can't, you're supposed to even switch your phone off. And then when you finish from work, the condi- you're the underground. And then when you get home, they are, so you, you, oh, man. really, you don't want to call them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah. your husband wishes he can come to a peaceful home. That's true. Good preaching. And you have left home. You have actually hired people to spy on him. (laughs) Chill out. God is in control. All right. So you need faith. If you can trust God, he is too trustworthy not to take care of you. He is too faithful to fail. From anything that bothers, anything. It can be your family, your marriage, your health, your career, your finances, your, the problem you are dealing with currently, which you are going back home to go and face. Anything, trust God. If you trust God, doesn't mean everything changes today. Sometimes you can be trusting God for five years and nothing has changed. But guess what? What the good news is that within that five years, the things that have been changed, things, whatever was supposed to change, which hasn't changed, because you are trusting God, you can't go down because things have not changed. Did you understand that? Because sometimes we are afraid. If, if, if I'm not able to pay, now that I've lost, I don't have this job, I, I will lose my house. I will lose my house. I will lose my house. Because if you can trust God, you'll be shocked 
for a year, two years, maybe you haven't gotten that job that can pay the house, but two years, you didn't lose the job. You didn't lose the house. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting any responsibility, but I'm talking about trusting God. See, when you trust God, even though he may delay, what, the worst will not happen whilst you are trusting. Yes. Does that make sense? It, it I'm not getting too old. I, I, I need to be married. I need to be married. Instead of believing God to marry, get married seven years ago. And someone tells you that you are still trusting God. You know, find, register on some uh, findme.com. Yeah. <laughs> I am available.com. <laughs> register. Oh, do, do that. I'm not saying if you register as a sin. But go to parties. Go to the nightclub you used to go. People, you need to find friends there. Go. Someone, someone must see you. And then when he comes into your life, make sure you have a child quickly with him. Yeah. He will start things like that. So then you begin to operate with the worldly wisdom or devilish wisdom. So we, we, we are not patient enough. But if you can wait, the beautiful thing is sometimes in your period of waiting, things may look very dry and it gets to a place where it looks like it won't happen. Yeah. Now, don't, don't think I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We waited for seven years to have a child. Right, right. Meanwhile, we've been serving God faithfully and very purely and clean from our youth. From our teenage years, we served God faithfully in our courtship. We didn't do anything wrong to break the law of God. We kept ourselves pure. And others do wild things and then, oh, popcorn. Babies are flowing like popcorn. So... If you compare yourself to what is happening for somebody, you will be frustrated. Your problem is you keep looking at, but why is it that it's happening to, for somebody? Why is it that it's happening for somebody? The systems are different. Destinies. Why don't you say, why is it that me? I'm not dead. I'm not dead. And people at my age have died. So the systems are different. Your frustration is because you compare yourself to people. Oh, this one is married now. Oh, this one has had a child now. And so we determined. It wasn't a subject of worry. And I kept trusting God, knowing that there's no way God will fail me on this matter. And I didn't shut my mouth, but I kept talking about it in church. That wait till you see my children. Not my child. Wait till you see my children. Wait till you see my children. But one can be an accident. Without the help of medicine. No IVF. Nothing. Watch this. Two children. The first one, you know, when you have a first child, you can call ambulance easily. Yes, yes. yes. You know, any little. He's not brief. She's not breathing. Breathing, and then those things. So we've been to hospital because of parental panic. One or twice because of the first, you know, handling a baby. But our second child has never been taken ill to hospital because he's sick. No, no, I'm trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is that it's not weekly babies, sickly baby children. It's healthy, normal children. So there was nothing wrong with us. So. Nothing wrong with us, but God had his timing. God had his timing. Tell someone God has got his timing for you. So trust him. trust him. Shake the person. Tell him, trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. 
Trust God. It shall happen in your lifetime. Amen. You saw yourself flying your own private jet and you have, you have made, you have taken sacrificial steps and done everything. It is going to happen in your lifetime. Do you think we are going to always be in a hotel? Wait till you see what God will do. We believe God. We trust God. Wait till you see the kind of auditorium that carries ministries. Wait till you see. This church will cross thousand members. On a regular Sunday city, we are going to cross two thousand. We will run multiple services. A time is coming where this one will be too small for some of our branches. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Trust God. You don't know, I don't know how things are going to turn out for me because financial things are bad. And now you are, you are fretting. You are fretting. Please trust God and keep tapping into grace. That's, that's the message. Trust God and fix your eye on extracting. Be a grace extractor. Extract grace. Sometimes when, sometimes when you are extracting grace, people look at you and they say, you are foolish. Yes. It's Marvin here. He's going to work. But he was here this morning. Yeah. Marvin came to me last Thursday after church. He said, oh, I was a setup last Sunday morning. I said, really? He said, I was shocked. People who come to church regularly don't know what is going on behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. He said, I was shocked to realize how some guys like me working so hard, setting up, doing everything. He said, the attitude, the culture of work and sacrifice touched him so much. And he realized 530 people were already here. And he said, these, are, these are his words. Those who come to church normally, they actually don't know a lot of things that go on. Because he was a, a normal, he came, he said, I'm coming again next, every Sunday I'm coming to help, set up. As I work as we speak, but he came to set up and went to work. He came to set up and went to work. Meanwhile, yesterday he was in a meeting, church meeting. He was told two hours before the meeting or less. He showed up in the meeting. The, fin- the meeting finished almost 11 p.m. After 11. And he went home, I think, Croydon somewhere. Came early this morning to set up. Yeah. It's going to work. He just started coming. This is just towards the end of this year. He started coming to serious. He said, I didn't know. This was go- what goes on. I'm happy to be part of it. Wow. Wow. Part of it. Why, did I, why did I say it? That is, I say, someone will look at you and say, but do you have to go every day? Yeah. And now you go and go, and then sometimes you are late, and then the, the leader in charge goes, where are you? Why? Hey, I'm just trying to, man, why are they putting this up? See, that's where you miss the grace attraction. Because suddenly, because most of us, we go to work, your boss, hey, where are you? Especially bus drivers. Yeah, I was told bus drivers go under a lot of pressure. They keep, you, they keep calling you at the station. Where are you? Why? They, they put you under pressure. I didn't know. So the pastor told me, is, is there anyone here who, has, who, who, who witnesses that? Who knows that? Oh yeah, you're a bus driver. Oh, you're, you're, oh, they don't put you under pressure. They don't put you under pressure. Oh, okay, then maybe it depends on the station. They said, where are you? 
It's very stressful. And then passengers, some of them come and attack you. Wow. It's stressful. <laughs> that one is true. <laughs> it's true. And what I'm trying to say is that sometimes our employers put us under so much strain. But you will go. When you are late, the way they talk to you at work, yeah. the way they check, where are you? What is going on? Why? Sometimes you have to deliver. They call you for, uh, uh, what's what the meeting? Uh, not, not the appraiser one. When there's a problem and uh, hearing, they call you for hearing. And sometimes you know it's not your fault, it's that person. But that person has friends in the senior management. So you, you know, and you're upset. But you, you go every day, you are there on time, you don't miss it. When they schedule you to work, you want to say, no, I want to go. They said, no, you have to work. And sometimes you know they are frustrating you, but you will do it. Why? Because you see a paycheck. When it comes to church, you say, why? Why are they putting me under pressure like that? Why? A grace and money, which is better? Grace. God also pays well. The way you extract grace is humility and serving God. It's, it's, service is grace center. Grace center. Sir, ma, this is how I've lived my life. Mm. Do I look frustrated? No. Do I look ashamed? No, no. Disgraced? Do I look worried? Do I look sickly? I am very healthy by the, God, by the grace of God. Yeah. The last time I took medication, Pastor, when? I don't remember. If it's any medication, it might be ibuprofen. I, 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 but I don't remember. That was, I think, I'm sure 2014. Just, I don't, I'm not on food supplements, and yet I eat once a day, and sometimes I'm always fasting. And the, the, way, the schedule I run is very strenuous, very demanding. How come I, 365 days, every day I'm there. Apart from one day, one or two days where I'm supposed to go and preach, every day, 365 days, 365 days, driving in and out, at least one hour in, one hour out. Finish, talk to people, scream, bless. Some of the blessing I really have to come from my intense because I mean it. God must do something. Yes. After service, meetings upon meetings. Last Sunday, after the service, after preaching, singing for so long, preaching for so long, went to what, what other meeting? There was another meeting. Leaders meeting. After leaders meeting, said leaders meeting. After said leaders meeting, we came for the um, evening service. I stood on my feet throughout. This way of life and without holidays. The last time I went for holidays was 2014. This way they will tell you you burn out. But I'm burning on. I'm a flame for Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is I am extracting grace. My children are healthy. My wife is fine. My, my marriage is not commodious. Peaceful home. Yes. Sometimes going out is now a challenge because I enjoy being home with my wife and children because it's, there's peace at home. Amen. I am a grace extractor and a grace carrier. Amen. Money cannot buy good marriage. No. Beauty cannot secure good marriage. No. Great education cannot secure good marriage. No. Share grace. Serve, do something for God. Service, honor his servants. Respect his servants. Shut your ears from nonsense that Satan will, will, will bring your way. Oh, uh, he just, he just, he just lies on you. Shut your ears because your grace is at stake. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, he, yeah he, he has to defend it. I, 
I'm defending you more than me. Because me, I'm enjoying my grace. The one that is coming through me for you, that's why you are listening to me. The one that's coming through me for you can be obstructed based on the things I'm trying to help you. So I'm trying to just virus free you. Thank you, Lord. Ma, if you can make it this year based on the declarations I'm making, it's going to be a function of faith. Uh, grace and faith. Amen. Trust God. Amen. Don't be afraid. Amen. I dare you not to be afraid. Amen. I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Amen. There is no cause for alarm. Don't be afraid. Amen. Don't be afraid. The devil try and scare, scare you. Don't be afraid. Amen. Do you have any medical report with you? You have to look at it and say, God, I believe you. I trust 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 you. Don't be afraid. God will take care of you. The devil will remind you of your mistakes. That's nonsense. By grace are you saved. Through faith, not of yourself. Lest any man should boast. Your health will not go down. You won't hear the doctor say one kidney is not working. Your enemies will not have the pleasure of hearing that you've got cancer. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They will have the pleasure of hearing that you have lost that job. They won't have the pleasure of hearing that you have lost your marriage. They won't have the pleasure of hearing that you have lost your house. They won't have the pleasure of hearing that you have been hospitalized. But rather, you'll be, you'll be rising. You'll be moving forward. You'll be rising. You'll be doing well. In spite of the challenges, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the negativities, you shall be doing well. You will be doing well. I say you will do 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 well. In your marriage, you will do well. In your family, you will do well. In your career, you will do well. You shall do well. This year, you shall do well. This month of great beginnings, you shall do well. You shall do great things. You shall do great things. You shall do great things. You shall see greatness. You shall see great things. You will do well this year. You will do well this month. Right from this week. You will do well. You will do well. You will do well. You will do well. Right from this week. It shall be well with you. You shall not see disgrace. You shall not see shame. I bless you. I speak blessings. I decree blessings. In the name of Jesus. It shall be well with you. Fear not, for God is on your side. In Jesus' name, please be seated. Bow your head. I want to pray for somebody. Quickly, as we close. You are here, you want to say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be. I want to start trusting God fully by giving my life to Jesus. Inviting me into my heart to take over. I want to start afresh and trust him. You know, as I spoke, you heard the voice of God. And you know, humility will bring you into a field of grace. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. There's someone here, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I need to start afresh with Jesus. I surrender to Jesus. I want to be born again and start afresh with Jesus. If that is your genuine prayer, please lift up your right hand high so I can see it and pray with you. Lift up that right hand so I can see it and pray with you. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to start afresh with Jesus. I want to start afresh with Jesus. I want to start out. You are also here. You want to say, Pastor, I've been born again already, but 
my relationship with Jesus is not good. I want to start trusting him fully and surrender, surrender everything to him. I'm ready to surrender everything to him. If that's your prayer too, I want to rededicate my life to him, come back to Jesus and start a relationship with him. I want to do this in humility. I don't care what anybody would think. If that's your genuine prayer, you to lift up your right hand high so I can, I can pray with you right now quickly. Lift it up. God bless you. Lift it up. God bless you. It's personal. Humility. 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 God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. But I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sins. Please forgive me because I repent. Lord, I repent from my sins. I ask you, wash me with your blood. I make a, co a commitment. I make a commitment that I will serve you. I will trust you with all my heart. I will serve you with all my mind. I will serve you with all my strength. Thank you for what you have done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. They heard your voice. They've taken these steps. I pray for an open heavens upon their lives. Help them remain strong in you. Help them make a difference for the kingdom. Help them enjoy grace to its fullest. Help them walk in faith. Help them become pillars in your house. I bless you. Any one of you who is suffering any form of sickness, any form of sickness, I pray and rebuke that sickness. Amen. And I speak supernatural turnaround. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.